Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by the one and only McKenna Kelly. (laughs) And we're back. It's been a minute, but we're back, people. Sorry for the hiatus, everybody. We've had the (laughs) most unfortunate and annoying technical issues all on my end. (laughs) I use my computer when I go and speak, so it's been hard. I've been like speaking, and then I'll have a week off, and then I'll speak again. And so it's, but then we're recording every week, so it's been difficult for me to like, have the time to drop my computer off and let Apple do its thing. So it's, guys, it's been a nightmare, but we're back. We're trying to get this thing to work, but um, we've got a lot of fun stuff we want to be talking with you guys about. I, you got, a lot of you have DM'd me about like, is the podcast still a thing? And I'm so happy to see that you guys are interested and you guys are listening and, and you want to be a part of this whole Chalk Talk experience. So thank you guys for for pushing us and, and, and joining us on this road. Yes, hold us accountable. You know, I wasn't going to say it was McKenna's <laughs> fault, but here we are. Totally is my fault. It's totally my fault, y'all. No, it's it's technology. You know, we love it. We hate it. All of the above. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we're trying. It's a, it's a work in progress. You know what I mean? But uh, we are committed to it. So everyone just bear with us as we work out some technical stuff. We will have all the kinks worked out by the time the college season is here. I can guarantee you that. We have so, to. Yes. Absolutely. Good news on that front. Uh, well, guys, we are here as always, well, not really always, as most of the time, to talk all things <laughs> gymnastics in both the college world and the elite world, talk about different storylines out of both, have some fun along the way. So today we are going to be talking about the individual results from the world championships. If you listened to our last episode, we broke down all of the team results, but we thought we'd give some love to the individual awards, kind of talk about what each of the girls brought to the world championships. And then we're also going to be talking about what the college world is filled with right now. It's kind of one of those weird times where they're not in, you know, season mode yet, but they've got to be getting really close. So a lot of schools starting to have inner squads and kind of get some inner competition going and, and McKenna will walk us through kind of what this time of year is like as season is really about two months away. So We'll, yep. uh, we'll have some fun today, just kind of catch up and, and make sure we've got everybody up to speed since we've been gone for the last couple of weeks. So let's start with the elite side of things. Like I said, the World Championships happened a few weeks ago. Team USA came home with the gold. And, uh, you know, that girl Simone Biles walked away with just a few golds. No big deal. Just a few. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's like hard to even joke about her, you know? I know. And uh, like I was I was prepping for this and I, I went to jot down some notes and I wrote Simone and I was like, well, that about does it. I mean, no, right. What that's can my you notes, write? You know, you could just write like bullet point Simone. That's it. That's just the note. That's winner. the bullet point. Yeah. Simone <laughs> winner. winner. The end. Hey, guess what? She won. She <laughs> won. Shocker. Uh, she now has 25 total world medals with the 24th. She became the most decorated gymnast in world's history. What can't the girl do? Really, the only she got five out of the six possible gold medals. The only one she did not get was bars, uh, which is kind of what she is, you know, aware of and talks about that, like bars is her weak spot, if you can Mm -hmm. even call it a weak spot, because she's still one of the best in the world. But when you look at what she accomplished at Worlds and all of her individual accolades, which of course tie in directly to the team accolades. What what impresses you most about her, if you can pick one thing? And what kind of encouragement does it give you a- about what kind of skills and execution we're going to probably see from her in Tokyo? 
you know, it's hard to put a cap on her. It's hard to say what else we're going to see because she continually defies the odds and continually bumps up her difficulty and makes up new skills because that's just who she is. But, you know, if you think about Simone in a leadership aspect, she's, she's one of those who... She leads, obviously, by example, by her hard work. I mean, that to have someone on the team, I mean, I'm just thinking from a personal perspective, to have someone on a team that is so just raw and so talented and, and is able to just amp things up and turn it on when it's time to, that would push me. That would make me want to be better, not only for myself, but for our team, just to see what she brings to the table. Um it's just, it's a testament to who she is as a person. I also love how real she is. If you if you follow mm-hmm. her on Twitter or Instagram, like I love, you can tell that she wants to make it clear that she, that, like she's saying, hey guys, I'm still a 22 year old girl. Like I'm still a college age girl. I'm still going through everything else that everyone else deals with. Like, yeah, I have 25 medals to my name, but like I'm still human too. And I love that because it makes her more personable. I think it makes her more relatable um, besides the gymnastics aspect, because honestly, no one can relate to her. Even even in the gymnastics world, no one can relate to her. So I do love to see the human side of Simone. I think she's she's a blast to follow. She she keeps it real with herself. Her interviews are hilarious. Um, <laughs> but you know, but that's that's what I think kind of drags people in. That's what pe- gets gets people attached to Simone and want to follow her because um, because of her personality and in the, the way she delivers it into the sport. I agree with you. And I think that that's such an interesting part of the sport that I've always noticed is how each athlete kind of approaches the sport with their mentality and their energy level. I think you you sometimes interact with gymnasts that are very locked in and almost stoic Mm -hmm. uh, because they need that ice, you know what I mean? To kind of just go into autopilot. And then you have some of those that you literally see dancing and laughing the second that they get into the arena because they need to stay loose. So you, you kind of see different sides of it. And I'm with you. I so admire people like Simone who who still just embrace that they are living out their dream. And I think that aspect is so key. Whether or not you tap into that on competition day is your preference. But I have even come in contact with some college gymnasts who have said, listen, I had to learn to have fun with the sport again because For when sure. you get so robotic with your sport, it, it you forget why you fell in love with it in the first place. So while that tough competitive mentality is important, day of for some people you can't let that become the only part of you that is showcased through the sport because you're cheating yourself of the experience then absolutely you know I never thought of it like that in in the sense of what Simone brings like I'm I'm looking at um the USAG Twitter right now and just every picture of Simone she's she's happy she's bubbly she's cheery I mean I don't know if part of that's knowing that no matter what she does she'll win (laughs) but but, but yeah. you're right. But you're right. There, there are a lot, especially the elite athletes who translate or who transfer into um, the college realm. They, they truly do have to fall in love with the sport again. I mean, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't understand what you know the the Lexi Priestmans and the Christina Desiderios. That those are the few that come off the top of my head. Obviously, I was on the team with them. Uh, but elite athletes that went from such a hard road, who you know, the Olympics was a dream of theirs. I, I trained the elite path, but I, I didn't quite experience it like most of these girls. Kyla Ross, Madison Koshin, those type of girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 
to me, college gymnastics gave me an entire new definition of the sport. It, it brings in aspects that you've never dealt with before. Um, if, even though, you know, you go to gymnastics championships and you're, you're trying to win a world medal, you're trying to win an Olympic medal for the team. Um, it's still very individualized. It's, it, it's like, it's like, to me, the thought before college, it was like, okay, I want to go and I want to win, you know, X, Y, and Z. It would be a plus if our team won. You know, of course you want the mm-hmm. team to win, but you are looking out for yourself because that's how um, the club level very much is. But then you get to college and it's like your whole shift is changing. I mean, you have a different meaning. There's there's a different reason why you want to win. You have girls who you guys go through everything together. You guys are on the same level in the sense of you all have class and weights and, you know, all that jazz. So um it's definitely a whole different ball game, but the way Simone can bring, you know, a lightheartedness to it. And even Sinisa Lee, I mean, the, all of them, I think, I think the sport is doing a much better job. I mean, unfortunately, since the whole scandal that we dealt with, um, it, but in a sense, it's, it's made the sport have to take a step back and be like, you know, these, they aren't robots. These are, these are little girls who are trying to make their dreams come true, who have dedicated themselves to a sport that. Um, you know, it's it's only fair for them to to have fun. Uh, you know, it made us right. take a look at every aspect. That is so true. She uh, she knew that she kind of became the face of the sport, and I think that mm-hmm. she she took that as as a mission to reflect positivity on the sport. She really just was being the fun, bubbly Simone that everyone you know could kind of look to and go, okay, yes, like there are some tough things that this sport is having to overcome right now but let's Mm -hmm. not forget the initial joy that it brings both the people who participate in the sport and the people who just watch the sport like that's what makes it so special and I think she represented that and so it's great to see both of those kind of come together like insane athleticism and skill with heart and joy that these young girls should be able to still possess Mm -hmm. while they chase this dream so my hat's off to her. I, I'm so excited to see what she can do in the Olympics because if we're seeing this on the world championship stage, I can only imagine when she gets to the big dance. Who, in your opinion, would be the next most complete gymnast that Team USA has had? Like if Simone mm-hmm. is at the top, mm-hmm. who's who's next? Oh, Jordan, Jordan Weaver. Jordan Weaver is, it, when okay. you say complete, that's immediately who I think of. She was the most fierce competitor. She um, was super clean. Um, I, you know, you say you watch Simone's ball a gazillion times. There is a Beamer team, Jordan Weaver did, 2011 Tyson Cup. When I say that girl stuck f- absolutely everything from mount to dismount, I mean, it, it is jaw-dropping. Wow. And and her she's so just unfazed by everything. She just got up there and she was like, nope, this is what I'm going to do. It's I, I, Jordan Weaver is the definition of hard work and, and still she's a coach now and it's, she still has that same attitude and it's really, you know, I think everything happens for a reason and it, it, she, she unfortunately did not make the all around finals. I mean, it was, it was Mm -hmm. like the point, like you would expect her to, it was a Simone Biles, like obviously Simone's going to make all around finals. That's how you felt about Jordan Weaver. That's how you felt about Jordan Weaver. But as we've talked about before, it is how you perform on that day. And Jordan happened to have an off day and other girls did it. And Jordan missed that opportunity to win the all around medal that she was that contender. But I think, yeah, I think that hunger. And I think if, if it weren't 
if she would have made the all-around final, I don't think she'd be in the position today that she is. I think she she would have had different opportunities that would have carried her in a different mm-hmm. path. And it's like now she is the head at 24 years old, I believe, is so young, is the head coach of an SCC gymnastics team who's who has a great yeah. program, who ha- they have great facilities. They are one of those up-and-coming teams. And I think Jordan Weaver is the perfect person to to grow that program in in the fierce and hungry way type of person that she is her personality is going to skyrocket that program but absolutely an example of someone who persevered even through their adversity I mean she could have been somebody that didn't want anything to do with the sport after that like everything that she put into gymnastics to have such a heartbreaking I I don't want to say heartbreaking because like they got the team medal but like you're saying like you have all this expectation of yourself and and you are essentially guaranteed a chance at that all-around medal and then it slips right out of your fingertips and and it was a complete heartbreak and the opportunity is is no longer hers but she has rolled with the punches and taken every opportunity that has come her way, speaking up in the midst of the scandal and, and, and really being someone to affect change, uh, being under Coach Val at UCLA and, and helping mold that program into the success that it has had and now getting her shot as a head coach at an up-and-coming program. So a great example of just what the sport built within mm-hmm. her. And that was a work ethic and a commitment to excellence. And and we're now seeing it in a different role. So definitely an interesting comparison between the two of them. I like that. Uh, just to touch on a couple other girls that got some individual medals. Sunisa Lee had a great day. She got the silver on floor behind Simone. She was a full point behind Simone, yeah. but nonetheless got, got the silver. The rest of them were honestly pretty close scores. Simone was just kind of in a league of her own. One thing that I found interesting, after the World Championships, Sunisa Lee did an interview and said what the individual uh, medals meant to her because she said before World Championships, she didn't have confidence in herself. Wow. And that blew my mind because I'm like, you are one of the few people who are representing arguably the most elite country in the sport of gymnastics on the world stage and you struggle with confidence. But as surprising as it was, I commend her so much because I feel like that's an aspect of the sport that so many people have to try to overcome. Absolutely. It can be a sport completely affected by your security or insecurity in yourself, in your in your value to the team. To hear a girl like that say that she has struggled with confidence, I thought was such a great example to girls pursuing this dream that like, everyone's human mm-hmm. and everyone is mm-hmm. going to experience those moments of doubt. It's just how you fight through them. Well, and that's, that's the tricky thing about our sport is, I mean, the entire goal is to be perfect, right? That, that is yeah. our entire goal. So when you have girls that struggle, uh, Sinisa Lee, and just like you're saying, everybody, anybody, any gymnast, um, you struggle with confidence, not only so um, you want to compete well, but you know, you've practiced so hard and you're just hoping that it pays off. But you know, those doubts keep in your mind, but also something people don't talk about. You're in a leotard. Every part of your body is yeah. essentially showing. I mean, you're worried about how you look, how you feel. Um, and these are things that mess with you, but for Sunisa to, to, you know, say, I, I don't believe in myself, or, you know, in a nutshell, um, and then goes to the world championships and comes out with three medals, a golden team, a, um, a silver on the floor exercise and, and a bronze, like, that just goes to show that, you know, your your mind, your mind isn't always right. 
You know, you can Mm -hmm. tell yourself, I'm not ready. I'm not good. But if you've done the numbers, your body's going to take over. Um, and and I'm, I'm really happy for Cindy. So that kind of, that makes it just that much sweeter that, you know, she went from this mindset of, I, you know, I'm not sure I kind of doubt myself to, um, coming out on top and being successful for her first world championships. That is, that's just, that's beautiful. I love it. But that's also kind of the tricky thing when you are competing with someone against Simone Biles, you, you look at their, you look at their floor scores and Simone got a 15, one, three, three. And then you're looking at Sinise who got a 14, one, three, three, an entire points difference. But the thing is like, you, we cannot discredit the rest of the competition just because Simone is so ahead of the game. It, it, it is disheartening. If I'm a, if I'm Sydney Lee, it's disheartening knowing going in and saying, well, I guess the best I can do is second. That's still not first. So that's not good enough. You know, it, that, what kind mm-hmm. of pressure do, are these other girls putting on themselves? And we, we have to almost put Simone in her own league and look at the rest of the competition because I mean, the, the distance between Sinisa and, and Angelina, who was in third, it's not much, it's not much. And that's, that's the normal, the normal range of, of the rest of the sport. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good that Sinisa was able to kind of prove herself wrong in an aspect. I absolutely agree with you. I think that that's got to be a really unique mental aspect for these girls to be so close with Simone and know what she can Mm -hmm. accomplish and, and that that is going to have an impact on what they are able to accomplish. So that insecurity and that doubt, I mean, it's human nature. And in a sport like gymnastics, it's just magnified. So uh, definitely so relatable for her to, to say that given everything that she's already accomplished. I commend her for uh, just being real about the different struggles that you have to go through in a sport like gymnastics. You, the rest of the girls pulled their weight too. I mean, Jade Carey got silver on vault behind Simone. I think when you look at it from a, a whole perspective of what each of them is accomplishing, they really are kind of balancing each other out mm-hmm. in a way. And one thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago was that Team USA is absolutely stacked when it comes to powerful gymnastics. And then you tie in some beautiful artistic gymnastics. Um, But the weak spot, if you can even say it's weak, but the weakest spot is on bars. Uh, Sunisa Lee was the only one to walk away with an individual medal and she got the bronze. Where is that in, in priority heading into Tokyo? Obviously you want to have, you know, all four, as, as best as right. you can possibly get them and have the best athletes to execute. But for some reason, bars has just been a bit of a weak spot in years past. What is it about that apparatus that, that seems to be lacking for Team USA? You know, it's, it's hard to say what we think or who could essentially step into that place of kind of almost creating a, a new um, rhythm of, of a powerhouse on that event. Um, I mean, Sinise and Lee is a beautiful worker, but she's also strong. And we've seen that because she plays mm-hmm. second on floor. Like she's not one of those athletes. I mean, I, I think of Ashton Locklear and even Madison Koshin. Madison Koshin was a bit more of an all-rounder. She was able to um, attribute to other events, which which is essentially what Team USA is going to take. Um, and I think that's kind of um, where they get stuck because they know, hey, we can only take four girls our best bet, if we know we can literally take places one through three on every other event and maybe get one on bars, we're going to take that. I think, you know, they are looking mostly at a team title. It's it's kind of reversed, you know, before you're looking at individuals and now it's like, you know, we want the team. We, that That's what we're really going for. And it's a plus if the individuals do really well. Um, but it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say um, just considering the team number is so small. 
it, it, it's going to mm-hmm. be hard to kind of decide, you know, um, how do we want to approach Tokyo? Well, that's a good point. They've they've had to kind of uh, use that when picking teams in the past. I mean, everyone knew Madison Koshin really got that spot because of her work on bars. Like, yes, she could contribute in other facets, but like her work on bars was what the team needed in the, and that was the perfect formula for them that year. And it, it seems like bars has just kind of always been the question mark. And, and are you compromising on that apparatus to get really strong vault and floor? Yeah. And it's an interesting strategy, really, uh, or a strategic aspect of the sport that they're having to look at as someone who has you know lived the sport I I can't even fathom speaking to it I love to watch it but like you tell me to flip on a bar and I'll tell you to flip off because (laughs) literally (laughs) no chance no chance what is it about the uneven bars that is so challenging that even some of the best athletes in the world struggle there um I think I think it's because bars is so different compared to the other three events. You can be strong. You have to be strong for floor and vault. You can be strong mm-hmm. for beam and that's fine. In fact, the way the sport is, is looking, we, the stronger gymnasts do better on beam because you can do the more difficult things. You know, I think the vocabulary of skills that we have on beam has grown entirely from kind of more the graceful look to these stronger looking athletes are doing well on beam because they can do the difficult skills. And at the end of the day, especially in the elite world, you're looking at a, your score of difficulty versus execution. And Simone is, is a perfect example of this. If your execution, I mean, if you're, excuse me, if your difficulty is high enough, your execution, I mean, obviously you want to be clean, but your difficulty is going to take you places and your difficulty is going to get you in a better position on the podium. Um, so when we're looking at bars, you are normally the, the beautiful bar swingers are the nastias. You're, 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 yeah. you're usually longer. You're a bit longer in, in body composition. You're leaner. You, you have a grace to you and that's great. And it's beautiful, like literally breathtaking when, when you see a gymnast like that on the bars, but then you don't see her doing the hard things on floor. You don't see her even vaulting really or making the vault lineup. And then beam, she she's usually, you know, she, she'll, she'll, she'll do well on beam because she can do beautiful skills and bring the artistry back. But when you're looking at a gymnast who is strong and powerful, you know you're going to get three vents out of her. And I'm sure she can swing bars. So, you know, you brought up the Madison Koshin in the Ashton Locklear situation. They picked Madison. My thoughts are they picked Madison because – if you looked at their scores, Ashton and Madison, their bar scores were pretty much the exact same. I mean, it would literally mm-hmm. come down to if someone stuck their dismount, someone took a step. And so I think they went with Madison because she could do vault. She could do floor. She could do beam. Yes, she was still a little more graceful and a little um, not as powerful and strong, but she could still supply them with other events that Ashton could not because of injuries. Um, so sure. So, I mean, to answer the question, so to solidify that, um, it just comes down to the type of gymnast that you are. You're looking more for a graceful gymnast who can work with the bars versus a stronger gymnast, normally muscles the bars. That was That's what I dealt with. Um, but then you mm-hmm. see, you know, girls like Simone Biles throwing big release moves because she's so strong. So it kind of goes, it's kind of difficult. It's kind of tricky, but, um, you know, gymnastics is, is, it's a range of things that you need to be a good gymnast. Yeah, it's definitely a balance. I mean, we can't all be Sarah Finnegan. You know what I mean? Don't like even just with that. I just, executing all of it. Literally I, yeah. is the perfect example. <laughs> yes, yes. Strong, yep, graceful, is, 
The jack of all trades. Well, the other elite topic that I want to talk about, because it just brings my heart so much joy, uh, is that Sean Johnson has welcomed a baby girl, uh, former Olympian, and her husband, Andrew East, who is a former NFL player, uh, have welcomed a precious baby girl almost two years after having a very difficult miscarriage that they were both very open and vulnerable about kind of uh, welcoming everyone into that story and everything that they overcame during that tough time. So now to see them uh, finally get that healthy baby is uh, is so sweet mm. and just uh, you know it's it's really cool for me as a viewer. I'm sure you as well because you like know some of these people. Like to see them be able to accomplish a variety of of their dreams in different aspects of life. Like as consumers, like we we quote, meet these girls, if they are going to the Olympics, Sean was what, 14, 15? Like she was so young. And so now to see her, you know, in, in motherhood and, and accomplishing things in that realm, uh, it's, it's just really special to see. So super, super happy for both of them. I, it's so sweet. And, and it's kind of funny. I bet Sean's kind of like, seriously, I have a daughter in the sense of like, I'm going to get so bombarded with, am I putting her in gymnastics? You know, does she, oh, is yeah. she going to have the pressure of, you know, being an Olympian's mom? Like, and Sean's personality from, it's been so cool to kind of learn about her outside of the sport you know she's she's a normal human and that's what people forget about any professional athlete there are normal humans too and they have normal human problems and normal human families and um for for sean it's been really cool to kind of to obviously watch her um grow into this very established very real um just incredible person really she's she's just so genuine so lighthearted um and i love i love her instagram you know social media is just that's a whole nother topic for a whole different day you gotta love you love it and you hate it um exactly but um i love what sean brings to it you know she doesn't she's not concerned about just the typical things that instagram glorifies and, and i love that she's trying to keep it real and just kind of showcase um the ins and outs of what a real family is made up of. And um, so I'm, I'm excited. I love, I've, I would have totally, they're so good at this whole social media thing. Cause um, they didn't, they haven't announced her name yet. I don't think, I mean, at least yesterday they didn't. Uh-uh. Okay. They still haven't. Um, so I, it, it's so smart in the sense of like, it keeps people hanging on. It keeps people following their story. And, and I love that they just promote this, this sense of genuine, um, genuineness if that's a word um I I don't know I just I love what I love what they stand for and I love um who they are as people you're absolutely right and I think that it kind of goes back to what we were saying about Jordan Weber where you have so many opportunities to to make the next chapter of your life kind of what you want Mm -hmm. and and what you think suits your your personality and your skill set best because gymnastics does provide you with a lot of opportunities oh yeah and so whether it's you know the way Sean Sean was always loved for like her her quirky personality and her youthful energy and she and her husband are now like they have a YouTube channel and they're very prominent on social media Mm -hmm. and so we're still seeing that aspect of her. Nasil Yukim was always known for being very poised and and um, sophisticated and, and gymnastics was very businesslike. And we still see her doing a lot of uh, analyst and TV work and even some modeling. And then Alicia Sacramoni Quinn mm-hmm. was kind of a, a spitfire and and all this energy and, and sass. And we see her as a, a reporter on SEC Network for these college games. And she's hilarious. Yeah. She brings that same energy to the TV, you know? So like, 
it's so special to be able to follow these people on their journeys after and kind of see that they're still that girl that put on that uniform and competed for their country and, and in that Leo and in the chalk and, and like, they're still that girl. They've just grown and evolved and, and taken the next step in their lives. So it's really special to see. I'm, I'm so happy for her and Andrew. Also, did you see on her Instagram? She, she literally posted a picture when she was still pregnant. She was like 40 weeks pregnant in her Olympics. Leotard. Yes. Oh my gosh. And then Andrew did it too. <laughs> Like, oh, first of all, gosh. are they are they that flippin' stretchy? No, they are stretchy. They are stretchy. They're very stretchy. I mean, it kind of wow. it kind of depends on the fabric they're made up of. Like, if if they don't have a lot of like, <laughs> sometimes it's double lined, and sometimes there's like um, other fabric sewn into it, which makes it harder to stretch. But um, okay. yeah, they're, they're pretty stretchy. That was really impressive. But. All the congratulations and best wishes to Sean and Andrew. Uh, Let's wrap this up talking about the NCAA world. Like we said, just a couple months out from season. So this is the point of the year where teams start having intra-squads and and kind of upping the practice regimen and things like that. And I really wanted to get your input, McKenna, because I know at this point of the season from the television side, we're starting to plan – you know, the preseason shoots and getting all the video elements together. Uh, but for you guys, what is kind of, what is this point of the year like when you're still a couple months out? So you can't really be putting your body through, you know, mid-season skills and conditioning, but you've got to be getting close to ready for competition. So what's what's that balance like? Oh man, if, there, if you could even call it a balance, this is the hardest part <laughs> of the year. You are just grinding, grinding, grinding. I mean, um, it's it's all about priorities at this point. You're, you're kind of, I mean, you're, you're trying to groom the freshmen to, to understand the culture and what your guys' program stands for. Um, all the while, they're trying to figure things out on their own and who they are as people. It, it's a really tricky time, but it, it starts out rough, but it gets so pretty towards the end. And, and as they, as you can see the light of season, there's, there's a bit of panic and fear coupled with, I'm so freaking excited. You know, this is the reason that we've had all these hard days and all those mental breakdowns, even physical breakdowns, you know, this, you know, it's a good reminder of like, you know, this is why we're here. This is what we do. Um, because that preseason, it's just so long and it's so hard and it's hard to adjust coming off of a fun summer. I mean, for gymnasts, especially the summer, in college, it's the first time you can actually take a break from the sport. It's the first time you can go on vacation and go to the beach and lay out by the pool all day if you wanted to, um, because the coaches trust that hey, if if you're if you're one of those gymnasts that needs to be in the gym every day, we trust that you'll be able to do it. You know, if you're not, if you're one of those gymnasts that can take a week off and come back in, then that's great too. It, it, there's a sense of freedom that comes with it. Also, NCAA rules <laughs> say that the coaches cannot coach you, um, but of course, as as gymnasts, you have to keep up with your sport. It's not something you can take a whole season yeah. off and expect yourself to pick right back up on and especially um, body composition too. You've got to make sure that you're, you know, you're doing it right. And so you're not having to kick your butt when it's really, really hard and and get yourself in a good place. Um, So that's, I I think that's the trickiest part is kind of going from this whole summer of freedom that we've never experienced in our lives until college um, to a really tough scheduled structured um, work week, but it's, it's a good time. and, And you, you get, you, a lot of growing, a lot of growing pains, but um, it definitely, it shapes you and it prepares you for for the season. So how much of what is being done right now in practice and intra-squads, how much of it is 
like competition ready? Yeah. Like is are are floor routines, choreography all done by now? Are you doing any hard landings on floor? Like where is the transition between, you know, e- easy summer workouts practice sure. to competition? Where are we in that right now? You know, I can't speak for every program, but I know, and, and I would imagine every program runs remotely the same. Um, you know, you start off soft on every landing um, or, or you're not adding in dismounts yet or you're doing half sets. And as your endurance is being built up, as you're getting in, in competition shape and, and not only physically, but mentally, um, you've got more reps under your belt and more numbers and the consistency is becoming a thing. Um, you, you then add in more elements and then you add in, you know, moving things over to the harder surface or, or doing um, an extra set of something back to back. So you, you're building things up. Um, I would say what it's November now there you're definitely doing hard landings. You're definitely doing hard. Not, not every day. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's an everyday thing. Um, mm-hmm. but you're definitely trying to get your body, um, in a position to where it's not a big shock physically, uh, when you do land that pass or land that bar dismount. Um, but, but you also want to be careful because you, you have to remember, you know, these girls' bodies have been through the ringer through this sport. I mean, you're, you're working with 20 year old athletes who have, um, physically probably felt every kind of pain. <laughs> so, and you, you, and yeah. you need to preserve them. So if some gymnasts can take the hard landings, then, then I'm sure that's fine. Some gymnasts mentally need to be landing on hard surfaces. Some gymnasts prefer to land on hard surfaces, um, versus some athletes can go on soft surface all week long and then show up for meet day and be fine on hard surface. But, um, Sure. You know, it 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 it's definitely depends, but um, at this point in the season, I, I would I would imagine that they are doing some hard landings. Well, I can imagine that at this point, especially. I mean, I remember my college days. Like fall semester was there's so much going so on, much. like uh, between especially in the SEC where football is king. Oh, yeah. Like f- football is in its height right now at this point of the season there's so many events then holidays come up and there's just there's so much consuming your time in fall semester uh what kind of advice would would you give current college gymnasts about the fact that yes it feels like you you still have so long before season mm-hmm. and so long to get ready but the reality is going to hit oh yeah it you're going to wake up and it's going to be january and you're going to be like oh shoot, I blinked yep. and now we're at week one of the season. What advice do you give them to get engaged in their practice and their regimen right now, even though it's still two months out from season? You know, we always joke that the days are long, but the weeks felt short, right? I mean, you could have a day that felt like it lasted forever, but then like you said, you blink in it. You're like, oh my God, it's Friday. A whole nother week's passed. And um, I, I guess my advice would be take it day by day. Try not to look mm-hmm. so into the future in the sense of like it scares you and that makes you hold back. If anything, if you're going to think into the future, if you're going to think, um, you know, oh my gosh, January is right around the corner. Remember that it is right around the corner. So you want to put yourself in the best place possible for not only yourself, but for your team. Uh, and I think that's a good reminder on those hard days. You know, maybe you have one more rep and you're like, God, I just do not want to do this. Or I'm just going to kind of half-ass it. I'm just going to slap through it and, and not give give 100% effort. It's so easy to slack off on days like that. But I think that those are the good reminders to be like, no, what if this one rep could separate me or this one rep could put me in the lineup or not put me in the lineup. So like, you got to give it your all in every turn, no matter how you feel, because that's when it pays off. You're not going to feel 100% for every meet. Absolutely not. There's going to be days you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, everything hurts. We have a meet today. <laughs> I, like I am just not, you know, you're not always going to wake up and it's going to be hunky-dory good to go. You're going to have to f- mentally fight your way and convince yourself 
that it's going to be a good day. So I, I think um, just to remember that you are in charge of yourself, you are in charge of how you write your story. And so um, that comes down to your actions. And if, if you're putting yourself in the best position possible, if you are giving your best effort with everything, you're going to be just fine. That is Excellent advice. I even think I could apply it to my own life in any facet. Uh, well, last thing before I let you go, you are now an ambassador for the sport. I saw that you and and some other uh, former collegiate gymnasts have been selected. Tell me a little bit about this organization and, and kind of what being an ambassador means. Yeah, so CGGI, College Gymnastics Growth Initiative, is easily the coolest thing that one, this sport has given me the opportunity to be a part of. So Coach Randy Lane, he used to be with UCLA. Um, he is kind of uh, the man in charge of this thing. And so what happens is we are flown out to invitationals across um, the United States and we're representing CGGI on behalf of the fact that we want to grow the sport. Our entire goal is to grow the sport of college gymnastics. I mean, um, you know, there there are colleges, I don't know, our sport just doesn't have enough growth to it. And, and yeah. it, I feel like it is just coming to the point where – um, college gymnastics is now the goal. Uh, you know, it used to be the Olympics, but I think as as girls are growing up and as we're starting to see, like that doesn't happen for everybody. And as those numbers on the Olympic team are decreasing to a team of four, I mean, you're talking about four girls out of how many that actually want to be on that Olympic team. So college is not only becoming the the goal, but you're getting an education too. And you get to do the sport that you love in a whole new facet. So um, it is so vital and it's so important that this sport grows and gets the growth and, and recognition that it deserves. And um, so our goal is to grow that sport and we get to represent it. And so I believe how this works. He, Randy's explained it to me a bunch of times, but I just, you know, I believe in the sense that um, the invitationals are, are giving a certain amount of money to um, to the fund of CGGI and we are creating scholarships out of that. And so then on our behalf, we go to different schools. Like, for example, there's no, besides Texas Women's University, the state of Texas does not have a Division One gymnastics team, which is insane. Nuts. Considering nuts, it's absolutely nuts. Considering how big of a recruiting state Texas is for the sport, and how many. Yep. I mean, everyone. Do you understand that every Olympic all-around athlete except Gabby Douglas has come from the state of Texas? Every single one. Wow. My mom, Carly Patterson, Nastia Liukin, um, and, and Simone. Like. That it's it's it is baffling to me that no one in the state has wanted to step up and and almost claim that. So right. I mean, a goal of ours would be to take the money that we've earned from these invitationals and and, and go to I don't know Texas A and M or University of Texas and say, hey, we have the funding, we want to start a program here. Not only is it good for your school, but it's good for gymnasts around you. I mean, I. LSU, absolutely. Um, school of my dreams. But I'm telling you, if the University of Texas, both of my parents went there. If they had a gymnastics team, yeah. I would have loved to have gone there. I would have loved to carry on the Longhorn tradition, but that was not a thing. And I had to look out of state. So um, I, I just, I absolutely love what we stand for. And I love our, our mission. Um, it, it's, it's honoring and it's really kind of coming full circle for me to give back to a sport that gave me so much. Well, I can't think of many people more suited for that opportunity than you. So Thank that you. is awesome. Congratulations Thank on that. You. I know you're going to take advantage of that opportunity and do great things for the sport. It's a, a little bit of what we're trying to do here on Chalk Talk. Just yep. give you guys a voice and make sure we are talking about the sport regularly uh, because it certainly deserves all the coverage and, and press that it can get. So once again, thank you for waiting through the yes. technology 
intermission that we <laughs> took the last couple weeks. Uh, yeah. uh, and to reward our patient listeners, we are going to start having interviews for you. We're going to start next week. So each week we are going to try and have a different gymnast, former gymnast, uh, maybe some television people from my side of things. We're going to have a different voice for you each week, kind of give you a different perspective on things happening in the sport other than just McKenna and I, even though we love hearing ourselves talk, (laughs) we will give someone else the opportunity. (laughs) So be sure and stay tuned uh, each week as we put out more episodes of Chalk Talk and get some guests along with us. Don't forget to subscribe. If you listen to us in the podcast app, make sure you're interacting with us. If you have any topics you want us to to hit up or any questions for McKenna and I, uh, be sure and send those our way and we will make sure to answer them. Yeah. If there's someone you guys really want us to interview, like let us know, DM us what you want us to talk about. Or if you have questions, um, maybe we can do a Q&A session one time. Just, just stay open, stay following us, and we'd love to hear from y'all. All right, everybody. Well, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. We will be back next week, I promise, for another episode of Chalk Talk. I'm Taylor Davis for McKenna Kelly. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.